Hello and welcome to From an Ex Fan. My name is Rebecca and um, today we will be talking about Supernatural Season 1 Episodes 2 and 3 named um, Dead in the Water and the Phantom Traveler. Uh, I did realize that I did not put my qualifications for Supernatural other than the fact that I have seen all the way up to maybe Season 10. Um, maybe season 11. I know I've watched maybe a couple of episodes of season 10. I might have even seen a couple of episodes of season 11. I don't know. It's been that long. Um, but the first time I ever watched Supernatural was like my dad would watch it whenever it aired on TV. And then whenever later, later on, whenever I was a teenager, I started watching it, um, on my own and I restarted the whole show. So... Those are my qualifications for Supernatural. So, um, here we go. First up, we have Season 1, Episode 3, titled Dead in the Water. And can I just say that this episode... (laughs) It's so weird. Um, But this episode made me terrified of the toilet for some reason. Like, I don't know how to explain why I was so scared of the water in the toilet. Because they don't really utilize it in the show but they should have that's a lot more terrifying um so yeah and i was watching supernatural illegally so i felt like i couldn't skip like the previously on supernatural Uh, so let me give you actually let me give you a a previously on from an ex fan previously how many times am i going to say previously the first episode we talked about um, Supernatural Seasons 1, um, Episode 1 and 2, which was um, The Woman in White and a Winnebago. And um, we also talked about The 100, Season 1, Episode 1. I feel like I should go more into detail about what the episodes are about. So, Season 1, Episode 1 of Supernatural, we meet the boys, um... Their first creature is the woman in white. They defeat her. End of story. Season 1, episode 2 of Supernatural, we meet the Winnebago. Um, They defeat it with fire. End of story. They move on to the next place, which um, is where we are at now. I'm so glad that I'm good at explaining things. She said um, sarcastically, in a, not, but also not sarcastically, uh, which I, anyways, let's just get into it. So they open in um, Lake Manitowoc, Wisconsin. I don't know. I'm reading it. Um, a girl goes swimming in the lake and gets pulled under very dramatically. I think this whole episode is supposed to be like sort of an, an homage to Friday the 13th the movies um I don't know so Dean is already over Haley from the previous episode we know this because we'll, we'll figure it out later um but Dean tells Sam they should go check out Wisconsin they go to the lake and um they pretend to be Agent Ford and Agent Hamill um, noticeable eye roll there. Uh, they talk to the victim's brother, the drowning victim. 
and they're pretending to be federal wildlife officers. They talk to the sheriff, and the sheriff tells them about how the dam is breaking, and soon there won't be a lake or a town. I don't know if that means that the dam's going to break and then the town's going to be flooded. I mean, I know that that's not what it is, but... Um, they also meet the sheriff's daughter, who will become Dean's object of affection this episode. Um, because we know Sam was in love with Jess, we already know he's a straight man, but Dean wasn't in a serious relationship, so let's just make him super horny for every single girl he comes across and call it drama. Oh, um, so the sheriff's daughter has a son named Lucas. Um, also, the faces that Sam makes while Dean is talking to her is um um hilarious her name is andrea adria andrea that doesn't seem yeah it's andrea andrea probably andrea um they think it's a lake monster but it doesn't fit right you know this isn't a place that they've had like lake monster sightings um and her andrea andrea's husband died saving lucas and so you know lucas is one of those children that has a goes through a traumatic experience and like like can't talk because of it um but they you know go to the horror movie cliche and have him do the creepy drawings you know what this is probably also like for the ring i guess I don't know. Um, so Dean goes to talk to Lucas, and Dean's feelings are hurt that the child is still processing trauma and won't talk to him. So uh, instead of talking to him after, I guess, listening to Dean relating to him, Lucas brings Dean a, an amazingly drawn house. The water in the last victim's house is going crazy, and her brother sticks his hand in gross water. Like, the sink fills up, he's washing dishes, but it, like, gets clogged and, or, or, oh my gosh, what am I saying? So, like, gross water starts coming out of the faucet, and it's not draining. So he sticks his hand into it, and honestly, I would just walk away and, and assume it would, like, eventually drain. But okay, so he goes and pulls the plug, the water still doesn't start going down. So he sticks his hand back in the water, but something grabs, like, pulls him and starts drowning him in the sink. And then the sink empties. Then we find out that the lake will be dry, that that they're just going to pump all the water out or something like that. Or that the, the dam is keeping the water in the lake and not going out into the river or something, I guess. So, Dean and Sam go to visit the victim's dad. And I don't know. That's just it. They just go visit the victim's dad. Um, We find out that Lucas is um, psychic. So, they convince Andrea to let... Andrea to um, let Dean talk to Lucas again. Dean opens up about Mary... And says, I do my best to be brave. And that's our Dean Winchester. That is. 
um, Lucas gives him a new drawing of its, and it's like a house with a little red bike, I believe. So they go to find whom they think is the new victim. Um, but it's not. If we get the line, oh my God, we're going to have to hug, we're not going to have to hug or anything, are we? And, um, the fragile masculinity in the show makes me nauseous. Um, oh, and then this episode really reminds me of a book I wanted to buy at the school scholastics fair, but I never had any money for it until, uh, later on, around the time that I was watching Supernatural again. Uh, my grandma had bought it for me as a teenager, right? Um, it was called Deep, Dark, and Dangerous by Mary Downing Hahn. It's a children's book, and it came out in 2007. Anyways, it's really good. So they think that they have solved the mystery. The two victims' dad goes out into the lake um, to sacrifice himself, and the only and and the thing throws his boat and kills the man. So Sam and Dean go to the sheriff's station again, and Lucas pulls on Dean. Um, I think trying to tell him not to let them go home. The sheriff doesn't believe them, and knows that they aren't federal wild, wildlife, and tells them to leave. But he like directs all of it at Dean. I mean, at Sam. Whenever. Like, he, he really just wants Dean to stay away from his daughter and his grandson. But he directs it all at Sam for some reason. Also, he just lets them go. They're impersonating government officials, and he just lets them go. Um, granted, we'll find out later. It's because, you know, he committed a crime when he was younger. Um, Sam and Dean start to leave town, but Dean turns around and goes back to town because his brain finally turned on. So it cuts to Andrea, who is taking a bath, and the water is about to flow, like, the water is about to overflow in the bathtub. And she still has the water on. And then the dirty lake water starts coming through, and she's almost falling asleep in the bath, and then the water attacks her in the bath um sam saves her this time um while dean holds back lucas andrea thinks she's going crazy um and telling them that she could hear a little voice saying come play with me so lucas starts um takes off while they're all talking about it to a spot where a little red bike is buried and the sheriff catches them there and pulls a gun out while they're all arguing, after this is after they get Lucas back in the house. So they're all arguing. Um, Lucas hears the come play with me voice. The sheriff and the other old guy had killed a kid and hit it. Now, I don't know if they, like, purposely killed him. I'm pretty sure it was an accident. And he might have even, like, drowned on his own. Um, but they were afraid of getting in trouble. So they bury his bike and they just, you know, go on with their lives. So um, now the ghost of that little boy is in the lake um it's been reawakened because the lake is going dry so they see lucas going to the lake and um dean and sam they get there after lucas is already in the lake and being semi-drowned um so they just fucking jump in the lake with all their clothes on like you know that could not happen today they have 2005 phones so I can see it's like, you know, it's not a big deal. They're not that expensive. Um, but still, I cannot imagine just jumping into the lake with my phone. So then the sheriff goes into the water and apologizes. He gets pulled down, but they still can't find Lucas. 
finally Dean brings Lucas up and Lucas and, and oh, and then that's it. It cuts to the next day. Sam and Dean are getting ready to leave. So Lucas and Andrea bring Sam and Dean some sandwiches and like magic, Lucas speaks now because who needs therapy? Like if anything, this kid should be even more quiet now um, because now he has all that extra trauma of watching his grandfather get drowned too or knowing that his grandfather drowned too, trying to save him just like his dad. Like, and after his mom was drowned in the bathtub. Um, so then Andrea kisses Dean and he seems surprised again. Which is weird. Um, so, yeah. I don't really have anything interesting to say about the episode. Uh, not really a lot, a whole lot of mention of John except for in the beginning. Where they're like, well, we should find dad. And Dean's like, well, how about we go do this? This seems important. Um, so next episode is season one, episode four. I don't know what episodes I said we were doing. Um, in the beginning, I think I might have said two and three, but it's three and four. I cannot read. So... Where are we? There we go. So this episode is called The Phantom Traveler. Now here's a little story um, about this episode. So this episode had me seeing Christo like all of the time. Not so much like in a, oh, there must be a demon and one of these people on my bus kind of way, but more like I was fully convinced a demon was following me and I would whisper this to show it I knew my shit so it better not fuck with me. Um, also because of this fear of demon of this demon following me, I also learned exorcisms and I would frequently read and um like recite them. And once in a dream, this was just like a couple years ago too, like in 2019, I was dreaming that a demon was trying to possess me while I was asleep. Um, in the dream as well. Um, so I was trying to like exercise this demon in my dream. And all I really did was piss it off and it threw me out that my ceiling fan in the dream. Again, this was all a dream, which is funny. Uh, I woke up and I had to search, like I woke up to go pee. So like I was, uh, and I, like I don't remember exorcisms now and I didn't then, but I had to search up one and recite it while peeing before I could go back to sleep. Like I used to have it memorized and I also did like other weird shit never around anyone but it was still like clear evidence of it because of the show and I just think that that's really funny anyways uh I need to take a bathroom break so I'll be right back okay sorry I know that you guys don't know that I left but I left um I don't have a gallbladder so it makes it hard so um episode four the phantom traveler opens up in an airport um where doesn't matter uh, some guy scared to get on the plane, and some black smoke enters through his eyes. And then it goes to everybody loading um, into the plane and everything. The now-possessed guy is obviously possessed. He's all like, oh, yeah, ready, let's do this. Um, like, he just did, like, a line of coke or something. Um, so they're all on the plane, and then he just gets up and... Oh, he asks, um, 
about how long have we been flying or something like that. And they say almost 40 minutes. And then he gets up and opens the door. Um, and then, oh, um, as someone who has ridden in a plane, I don't understand what the bag things are. You know, like the things that fall down. Uh, like I, I was also watching Yellow Jackets the other day. I already finished it. I'm waiting for the next season. Um and like, you know, the little breathing things, right? I don't understand what they're for. So. Um, Sam creepily enters the hotel room. Sam also hasn't been sleeping. Uh, so Dean's like, you need to sleep. You're paranoid. And Sam's like, oh yeah, I'm paranoid. And then pulls a knife out from under Dean's pillow. Then Dean's phone rings. They get a call from someone Dean and John helped previously. Um, They head to meet the guy. um, And he tells them about everything. Um, He's like, oh yeah, your brother and your dad helped me with a poltergeist. So, that's fun. So... They decide that they're going, Dean and Sam decide they're going to impersonate Homeland Homeland Security so they can take a look at the plane. The first survivor survivor that they go to meet is in a mental hospital cliche. He thinks he's delusional, but explains what he saw. Um, Sam asks a question and he says, what are you nuts? It's really funny. Um, They visit, the next one, um, the next place they visit is one of the victim's uh, widows. Dean's, uh, the guy that opened the door is Widow. Dean's facial expressions in this episode are, are pretty funny, too. In the side eye that they give each other. Um... Oh, and then my phone rang while I was watching this episode, and it and I jumped. So, the boys decide to look at the parts before heading out. Um, like, all the wreckage and everything. Bringing out... Um, his homemade EMF reader and then explaining what it is for the audience. Um, The way the real Homeland Security walks in is really funny. Uh, Dean covers the barbed wire before he jumps over the fence because they take off because Homeland Security is there. They're not really, they didn't really pick up any EMF either. Um, But Sam just like hops over it with no issue, which is really fucking funny. Uh, Then the pilot, uh, one of the survivors of the previous flight, is going to go take his first flight. Since then, he's going to drive a little, uh, drive, he's going to fly a little two-person plane with his friend. So the pilot, uh, the previous pilot, the pilot of the previous flight gets possessed. And then we finally figured out that it's probably demonic possession. The demon crashes the two-person plane after making a terrible pun. And we'll figure it out. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll say it in a minute. So um, Sam does the research they gather. Oh, Sam does the research again and they gather, gather some more sulfur. Dean always just pretends to be whoever, whoever whomever he's assumed to be. I don't know why he can't talk suddenly. Also, um, we find out that Tina's afraid to fly. So what they do is um, they're trying to get a hold of one, the last survivor, who is a flight attendant, and she's about to go go to work again. 
so he's trying to call and he calls from like the um from like the airport phone to talk to her because she won't answer her cell phone so they finally stop her right before she gets on the plane and she's like is this is this friend um i'm guessing like an ex-boyfriend he's like yeah uh he really wants to talk can you just come talk to him and he's like no i'm fixing her she goes no i'm fixing to work and hangs up and then she goes to work so that's what i'm saying so he just always pretends to be whomever he is assumed to be so then we find out that dean's afraid to fly just as they're about to um get on the plane and sam like has this smile whenever he like realizes what realizes that dean is afraid and it's really funny also this is post 9-11 so how the fuck does dean smuggle holy water onto the plane plus his homemade emf raider so, um, they whisper the Cristo, or they say it, and it's like, they never use this again. Also, he looks so disappointed when Amanda, the flight attendant, doesn't react um, to the Latin, which is really funny. Oh, so also, um, this is around whenever Dean pulls out his homemade EMF reader again. I don't think that that would work properly on a plane. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost certain that it wouldn't work. And then Sam gives Dean an, an unnecessary jump scare. The demon um, is in the co-pilot. And then Amanda willingly agrees to help the guys. Like, I would call them crazy under my breath and go back to work. Like, baby, this plane is crashing. <laughs> Uh, they finally get the co-pilot to the back of the plane and begin the exorcism. And um, after seeing them burn his flesh with what they literally, what, what could literally be anything, she still fucking helps them. Like they're, they're splashing this liquid at this, this co-pilot and his flesh is literally burning and Amanda's still helping them. Like I would have been like, um, no, we, we need to stop this is this is enough he's like i would i would think that they're throwing fucking acid in his face i would not think oh my god he really is is um possessed like they said so then the demon says to sam i know what happened to your girlfriend and um sam is really bad at speaking latin but you know so am i so we're not really going to critique that except you know he's a trained professional and i'm not um so the demon leaves through the mouth when it enters like literally everywhere else um they end up losing john's journal because they needed it to stretch because they needed to stretch this episode out a little bit um how far are we into the episode oh we're almost 40 minutes wow time really does fly (laughs) Uh, they finally exercise the demon from the plane yes you heard that right so the reason that they're exercising it from the plane is um because it was a two-part exorcism they first exercised the body out of the uh, they first exercised the demon out of the body and then you were able to exercise it um and send it to hell so they have to finish off by exercising it out of the plane and then Amanda lies to the FBI, and the FBI doesn't notice Amanda mouthing the words thank you to Dean and Sam. 
this is also the first episode where Dean isn't super horny for the, for a random woman he barely knows. And then the boys find out that John's voicemail says to call Dean with his phone number because John Winchester can never not be a dick. So I didn't really have anything to say for the vengeful spirit. We all, you know, we know about that. We all know about demonic possession. Um, the way that they say it, they describe demonic possession in the show is, according to some countries like Japan, um, believe that demons are behind natural and man-made disasters. Dean also explains that demons can only possess people who have a way in, like ad addiction or a, a chink in their chin. I don't know. Um, but, you know, like allergies or sickness or they're like mentally not there. This is also something that we, we know. Um, so if you want to know about the demon um, that follows me, or I, I, I thought followed me, you know, it's probably just honestly a figment of my fucking imagination. Um, so like sixth grade-ish, which would have been like 2011 10-ish. I don't know how old you have to be to be in sixth grade, so I can't give you like a year, um, an age. That sounds right, though. Um, I was riding around the block and the sun was going down. I was with my best friend, um, and we like went to like this little car wash. And I swear to God, there was this like figure in a cowboy hat which obviously could have been a person but it looked shadowy like the shadow figure in a cowboy hat and i was like oh my god i was freaking out like i i thought that this was a demon so then a couple years later like two i moved and i'm living with my grandma in um, the small town that i live in now um and she lives in the middle of like the country she's like literally and um so i have to go through like a couple acres of her property before I can get to the end to, to like the gate the entrance of the property to where my school bus means uh, picks me up and I want to say this day um I just melted my headphones in um the toaster trying to make like pop tarts or something before I go to work I went to school so I was probably like in a mood um like upset they still worked <laughs> If you're wondering, they still worked. They were those shitty cheap-ass headphones, but they still worked after dropping them in the toaster and melting part of it. Um, So I'm, like, walking in the dark because, you know, buses come really early in the morning, and sometimes it's really dark in the morning. Um, so I'm walking down, like, the little pathway to the front gate, and I see that fucking figure again at like six in the morning in a cowboy hat and everything. And I'm like freaking the fuck out. But I'm like, I have to keep walking. Just pretend it's not there. I have like a flashlight in my hand. And I'm like, you didn't see anything. You didn't see anything. You know, those stupid little fucking cowboy cutouts that people have in front of their yards in Texas and stuff like they're really huge, especially out in the country. It looked like one of those, except it wasn't in a pose. It was just standing there. And I, I could feel it staring at me. And I just had to, like, shake it off. Um, that that time, it could have been my uncle who was living at the house with us. Um, 
And the first time, it could have just been some random guy at the fucking car wash. Um, but that that thing had me fucking terrified. And that was the day that I started, you know, looking up exorcisms and preventative things to keep whatever this demon was away from me. Uh, did it work? I guess. I don't really do it anymore. I did do other things, and I will get into that um, in later episodes whenever those have been introduced to us. But as of now, I'm not doing any of it. Um, like I said, I don't remember any exorcisms. Um, if the time ever arose that I would need to, then I could just Google it. You know, it's not a big deal. Uh, so yeah, that was um, season. Uh, that was Supernatural season one, episodes three and four. Despite whatever I said in the beginning, it's episodes three and four. And I hope you enjoyed. So all I have to say, lastly, is oh, I didn't write it on this one. So, uh, the last thing I have to say is, in a way, I guess you could say they were hunting their brotherly love. Once again, thank you for listening. I am Rebecca, and this was From an Ex-Fan.